Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro. I want to welcome you uh, to the Emotionally Healthy Leader podcast. Today's a very special day. I've got my best friend and my wife here with me, Jerry. Welcome, Jerry. Thank you. Hello. You are the first time to be on this podcast with me. Yes. So thank you very much. Well, it's been a very big summer. And uh, so our topic actually is seven qualities of an emotionally healthy wedding. That's why Jerry's here with us. So we're going to do this together. But it's actually been a big summer for two reasons. The first was we launched the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship course uh, online training. That was really the fruit of, oh, six, nine months of work. And uh, there's an EH Discipleship course launch bundle that now is available online. That anywhere in the world that you're listening to this, you can actually download it so you can successfully pilot and launch the two-part Emotionally Healthy Discipleship course in your church or ministry setting. Up to now, you've had to come to a live stream, uh, you know, once a month that I've been doing from 1 to 4 o'clock or 1 to 4.30, and now it's available for you to do with your team and have it at your disposal all the time once you uh, get it. So it's an online training to master the launch of the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship course. Let's encourage you to get a hold of that at emotionallyhealthy.org slash launch. So that was the first big thing that happened for the summer. Mm. The second, which is the topic of our podcast, is that our daughter, Faith, our number three daughter of four, uh, was married. Uh, Now, in June of 2013, we wrote a blog. This is before the age of podcasts, and at least we we weren't doing podcasts yet. We wrote a blog about uh, emotionally healthy wedding, you know, 10 qualities, 10 things that we learned uh, from that first wedding. And uh, it turned out of all the blog posts that uh, I'd ever written, that had gotten more downloads than any other podcast and always like shocked us, any other blog, and always shocked me, you know, and shocked us. But I think part of the reason was it's a real application of emotionally healthy discipleship. Actually, it shocked me until I realized doing so much work with premarital couples Mm -hmm. and engaged couples, how much stress there is involved in weddings really due to the lack of skills and emotional health. Mm. And um, and I'm I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Every big event is going to have a certain amount of stress, but there's a lot of very unnecessary, painful stress involved in big occasions among families, whether it's weddings or funerals or whatever, um, because of having or not having the emotional health or skills. Yeah. So this is our updated and revised uh, on based on our second wedding that we just completed mm-hmm. uh, this past month. And uh, mm-hmm. so weddings, we like to say, are a heightened pathway to the possibility of transformation. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> and that uh, doesn't mean there's going to be transformation. That right. Happens, but they're great spiritual formation moments uh, for everyone involved if you submit and surrender to Christ in the process. So... This wedding in particular was very different. So, Jerry, why don't you talk about the context? What made this wedding uh, of faith so distinct? And just give people a sense of the what was happening around that sure. wedding. Sure. You know, I, I wish I could say that the first wedding taught me everything I needed to know about, uh, you know, hosting uh, a wonderful wedding without stress. But because um, I learned a lot from the first wedding. The second wedding was uh, this our recent uh, wedding with our daughter Faith was so distinct because she married an Australian, which meant it was an international wedding. And she had met him several years ago at the end of her two years of traveling. And she was actually ready to come home and settle down, start her career. 
And lo and behold, we got the phone call that said, I met someone. And I'll, anyway, that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <It is. laughs> and um, so uh, this was the context of this wedding was international. We were going to be having 20 plus Australians. We'd be hosting in various forms. And obviously, they're not just coming for the weekend. It's 12,000 miles away. And so it was a five day affair, which um, took, I mean, I. Hindsight's always better than foresight. It took an enormous amount of logistics, which also took an enormous amount of energy, which I really didn't realize, you know, at the time. So, um, yeah, so that's the context. So how many people came, would you say, Jared, 20, 30 from Australia? Well, they came from some of the countries as well, but they're friends. Yeah, overseas, we had 20-something folks yeah. Yeah, that we were you know, hosting, so to speak. So I understand there was housing involved. There was oh my there goodness. was a lot. Yeah, a lot cars, of cars, bicycles for them to ride around in, and right because there was you know yes there was no right they weren't renting cars so um, and we were in a small town anyway there was just lots yeah. and lots of logistics and, and Faith and her fiance and her and her husband Brett are living in Perth Australia and so even the planning was. Challenging because oh, faith yeah. was there and we were here. The wedding was held here in the United States. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you think that, you know, virtual planning is really helpful, thank God, for, you know, modern technology. But still, uh, there was a number of things that got lost in translation from us, me beginning the planning yeah. and getting things started over here and then handing it off to faith. Um, so... It was actually a bigger challenge than I thought it would be, the, the distance. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, all right, so here's our qualities. We've got seven uh, qualities of an emotionally healthy wedding, at least that came out of this for us. Uh, so let's begin with the first one, uh, which is one, we recognize that the most important part of the day uh, of the wedding was the exchange of the vows. And we were profoundly aware of the spiritual implications of the day. And so it was that the nature of a wedding, and this wedding in particular, is it's just distractions. There's a thousand details. There's so many moving parts to a wedding that uh, it's impossible to keep them all in line. Things are going to fall, uh, drop. It's just There's a lot happening. There's a lot going on. And so Faith, is a, our, our daughter, is very detailed excellent planner uh and so there was a lot to be distracted about uh absolutely and she again her being from america and her um then fiance not being from america she just she just knew and had to handle a lot more of the details we're in our first daughter's wedding both of them could hand really shared the responsibility yeah. of the details and so it was more on pl faith's plate and my plate to handle these logistics and because of the logistics, because of the myriad of logistics of this international affair, it was it was so much easier for the ceremony yeah. to keep getting pushed to the side. Yeah, yeah I mean just planning the the, the, the reception and, and the party afterwards, which is really important. But I think we, we did keep the focus on the vows and uh, I, in particular, had a couple of very strategic meetings with Faith and Brett along the way to just keep it anchored, the privilege, the responsibility, to create and shape this beautiful service and very sacred ceremony 
because you know we're mindful. This is the a picture of the ultimate wedding feast of uh, Jesus to Jesus, to which a wedding, an earthly wedding, points to our ultimate wedding to Jesus, and uh, a miracle happens at a wedding where two become one flesh. A, a new family is formed. It's a sign and a wonder. It's just. It's amazing that's been happening since the beginning of time and through all cultures and, you know, all of history. And you just need space along the way. We needed space. I needed space. They needed space. That we, and we were able to take that time, I think, to, to keep the centrality of the vow moment central. And, uh, but I appreciated you being such a, you were a tank force. Pete had to be a tank that was like, just kept moving this, you know, the, uh, kept moving um, through the distractions to keep the focus on the ceremony. And it was like you were this, you had to be this tank force, maybe moving slowly, but surely through um making a uh, you know to separate all the distractions and keep them focused on the ceremony and the other thing that you had such a challenge was the mixed audience that you were going yeah. to be you know Pete was the officiant at the wedding and it was such a mixed audience of of believers not believers people really along a whole spectrum and Pete really wanting to um create the vision uh, the Christian vision of what marriage is all about and 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 also be relevant and sensitive to this spectrum of people. And he did an awesome job. Yeah, I was very aware that amidst all the activity, I understand even at our house, we had bridesmaids staying there. Our house was the center. It was a five-day event. So it started, you know, it started on a Wednesday night with a big meet and greet for like 60, 70 people. Then there was a big volleyball game the next night with you know, subs and all that, another event. Then there was the rehearsal dinner again at our house, another major event. And then there was the wedding, you know, and there was following with a big reception. And then the next day after the wedding, there was a big, going to be a big brunch together with all the Australians. So I was carrying the weight of, uh, and I, even my own heart, uh, with all these people everywhere around me that I need a time alone mm. uh, with God mm. to just review the marriage text and meditating on yes, them from Genesis, yes. Song of Songs, Jesus on the wedding at Cana. I, I, I read, revel, meditated on Revelations 19 to 22, you know, just yes. the ultimate wedding. And I just had to so anchor and I did feel like my role was to not let this ship go off. That's exactly the picture. Because it was a big ship, and it could have gone off the whole purpose and focus. And, and even to keep Faith and Brett, to pull them in appropriately yes. with me. So we, we kept we kept refining and refining the vows. Mm -hmm. um, and they really, even to the very day before, with a couple of words here and there, and uh, we practiced it together. And it was it just centered it. And it was tears before we got to the wedding the day before, mm. practicing the vows. Wow. Your tenacity... Uh, kept that ship centralized, focused, directed, and it turned out to be one of yeah. the most meaningful, beautiful wedding ceremonies I've ever been. Yeah, I would a, agree. A part of. Yeah, and and I probably because of the tidal wave force of the family and all the dynamics going on around the wedding, I did work hard at. What's the word? I guess just holding 
the holiness of what was happening here, these two becoming one, two families coming together, a new family being launched, and how holy it was. So our second quality of an emotionally healthy wedding is that we, as the parents, we monitored our own hearts and anxieties. So for me, obviously, you just heard it was the vows, and at the right time, keeping it sacred uh, for Faith and Brett uh, along the way, and for everybody there, you know, for the service. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, monitoring my heart was a huge uh, labor because I was aware of, um, I was really aware of how misdirected my heart was. And mm. let me explain what I mean by that. I became aware of how attached I was to certain outcomes. Uh, for example, I didn't want, you know, the day to be too hot. <laughs> I didn't want it to rain. I didn't want there to be a power outage, outage, you know, outage. Uh, all of which had happened really uh, in the last couple of weeks. Mm. And what really surprised me was how much my um, desire for certain outcomes, how much that took up, it took up a lot of space in my mind and my heart and my body. And like that I would really be disappointed with God mm. if, if there was a power outage or if it was a horrible weather day or if, and it was just like, wow. Um, and so it was kind of shocking to me. But so I was processing it as I was going along and kind of kept going, giving it, you know, open-handed, mm. open hands to God. Actually, all the events. I mean, all the events needed nice weather. <laughs> and so I was at the mercy of God. But uh, again, I'm just, I was introduced to myself on a new level and am really, um, I think I'm changed by it. Something mm. shifted in me and not that I'm transformed. I'm sh- Something has shifted. But I'm aware that I have work to do in my heart and in my transformation in terms of really living in a uh, letting go and trusting God in in this kind of a a level. So, um, yeah, and of course, that applies to all things in life, you know, that we can't control. And um, so the the other aspect of this, though, is you know, what weddings have become today is a little, maybe I'll use the word insane. I think with the, um, with social media, especially Pinterest and Instagram, weddings have been elevated to a very unrealistic level. And so you don't see power outages. You don't see horrible humidity and heat. You don't see Um, rain that ruins weddings or, you know, you just don't see, you don't see the things that go wrong. And we had several things, very difficult things. We lost lodging, We, uh, you know, for the Australians a few months before. We lost our wedding planner, which was huge. We lost the venue where they were supposed to get married, not where the reception, we lost the venue. So we had a number of things that we were dealing with in an ongoing way. But for me specifically, I didn't realize how attached I was to some specific outcomes. And so I have work to do in my own heart and in my relationship with um, Christ. And I really want to grow. I really, really want to grow where, you know, I can trust him and it just really doesn't matter um, whatever happens. So, what, the, honey, cause I mean, you would say that I remember you saying it all the time about how you were really getting 
a handle on your attachments and how God was coming to you through the whole process. But you do seem to have moved along in the process to trust, um, to let go. You, you, what, what helped you let go uh, of some of those attachments along the way? even in, in the actual moment itself. No, I think what I learned about myself, for some reason, the context of an event that carries so much weight, mm. probably too much weight, again, in light of social media, I, you know, I'm dealing with my perfectionism. I'm dealing with faith's perfectionism. I'm dealing with um, unrealistic expectations and desires. I mean, just a lot. It's such an there's so much fodder there. Or as one mm. person said, you know, what are, what, what are the invitations that God is giving you? And I said, I had so many, God was sending me so many invitations, mm. more than I could handle in terms of, um, you know, that ultimately, 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 it is he who matters, you know, not all these other things. And, but in the day and age in which we live, um, it's really I can see where spiritual formation is just not touching those things mm. deeply enough to to say all those things really, um, you know, especially the things you can't control, are in the hands of God. And it's nothing matters in the end but God. Mm. It's great, honey. You actually use the word wedding pornography. Oh, yes. That's what I call Instagram and Pinterest, <laughs> especially around wedding stuff. I call it wedding pornography because it is uh, it, it, it paints a very unrealistic picture. It's an illusion, and it, it's seductive, and it's addictive. It draws you in. It's, it, so you have to be very, very careful. I, I'd like to talk more about that another time. Um, because it's not, it's it's not it's not healthy. Mm, okay, well, good. That's, okay, great. So, uh, first, the vows. We recognize the first lesson mm -hmm. was we recognize the importance of the vows. The second was we monitor our own hearts and anxieties, which we both had. Thirdly, was we we stayed connected to each other. Yes. So, you know, we talked about beforehand. You can build on this that the the greatest gift we said that we can give everybody at this wedding is our marriage. Jerry and I remaining one and connected to each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our our oneness, our intimacy, our bond is is the the hearth really around which everybody else gathers, and and they're taking their cues from us. Mm. You know, in the same way that we actually said to Faith uh, right before the wedding day that you know. Uh, I guess we're going to talk about that a little bit later, checking in with yep. her. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is it's just always, regardless of all the difficult things that can go on whenever, and especially in the context of a wedding, um, Pete and I being an anchor for each other, there's just no substitute yep. for that. It, it provides so much... Um, <laughs> you know, it provides stability, it provides priority, it provides vision, it provides reminder of what's most important. And so And important. we were to, and we just made sure that we were connected emotionally and spiritually and physically and mentally and yep. understand my family had flown in. 
lots of friends had flown in. It was just, it was, there was a lot pulling us apart. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think amidst all the stresses, we did, we, we did, a, I think, a, a, a good job of staying connected to each we other. Did. That was, and that's, I'd say that's critical, critical. Yes, yes. Why don't you do number four, honey? Um, we, what does that say? We, che oh, we checked, checked in. Number four, we checked regularly uh, to clarify expectations with each other and especially with faith. And um, Brett's easy going. Yeah, Brett's easy going, but he also, though, again, he had less. It was hard. It was. It was. It was just the context of yeah. the international wedding that he he just couldn't do as much, you know. But. Um, but it was a very big quality. We'd say of emotional the wedding that we did regular check ins to clarify expectations. Yeah. And yeah, make sure we weren't was, mind reading. Right. I think we were just doing that now. I think. In, I mean, we were doing it naturally. That's not an effort for us because we just, we live that. It's inside of us. And we were just naturally doing that with faith. But if we had not, I think it'd be disastrous. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things I celebrate, and I kept on celebrating with faith, in light, you know, in light of the things, the losses that we had, we lost, you know, we lost the ceremony venue, we lost lodging for the Australians, mm -hmm. and then... Um, we lost a wedding planner, which we needed this because this was kind of a do-it-yourself wedding. And but I kept saying to Faith, Faith, we may have had those losses, but the most important thing is that we're all connected. And part of that connection comes from the ongoing clarification of expectations. It's just it's disastrous when you don't have it. It's just disastrous. I've seen it over and over again, working with engaged couples and their families and the tra drama and trauma that goes on amongst, it's just very sad, amongst families and amongst the, the bridal party. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be if people um, have the skills. And I'll tell you, if there's one skill you need for, for a wedding event, it's clarifying expectations around everything. That's good. Jerry, I don't, think you, well, I don't think we mentioned that this was a do-it-yourself wedding. We rented a hall. Mm -hmm. It was an empty room mm -hmm. that basically every fork, plate, knife, table, chair, it was do-it-yourself decoration. Lighting, yeah. Uh, so it, that do-it-yourself quality of that wedding uh, took, that's why number four is so important, that we clarified regularly expectations with each other because there was a lot of moving parts. Yeah, a lot of decisions to be made. A lot. Okay, the fifth uh, quality for us of an emotionality wedding was that we, we, gave, we gave the gift of a, a fixed amount of money, and then we let go. I would say but, we gave it the gift of a fixed amount of money, and then we went over it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Not by much, but probably. We went over it. But over. the reason it's important, it was a gift, because they controlled the wedding, not us. Right. It was their wedding, yeah. and we were offering a gift of money uh to serve the purpose of their coming together and becoming one. There were no strings attached to the money. They made the decisions uh, and they asked us for input along the way, uh, but it was it was there. So it was very important. As, as you all know, a wedding, or as many of you may know, a wedding uh, could be $100,000. Uh, the the amount of, as Jerry mentioned, wedding pornography, it is unbelievable what you, it, it, where it can go. Uh, and so a fixed amount of money is a very important quality. And then they've got to make their own decisions about what they want to put in and how far they want to go. And also, I mean, we had a, Pete and I had a value and I th and they, they shared that value that they didn't want to spend uh, the, the normal 
average amount of money that it costs to do a wedding because you know whether it's four to four to six hour event that's all that's i mean how much money do you want to put into that kind of event but of course any kind of event of that um you know caliber is going to take a certain amount of money and we were able to offer them um a certain amount a gift but you know what i love about i love and and this is kind of traditional i mean we are the bride's parents and tradition in america that has been the tradition brides uh parents usually host the wedding or we tried we were hoping that tradition was going to change yes it hasn't changed (laughs) (laughs) although it has changed that's what actually i'm saying it's nowadays there's no protocol for the bride's parents to pay for a wedding and that's that's really wonderful um, and that's just something that, again, the, the skills, you need the skills to be able to clarify those expectations up front. And many times it's the couple themselves that do it. And, you know, I won't go into the whole thing about how much money weddings cost. You can find that on, on any wedding blog. But again, as, as believers, um, we just, we had a value around how much we wanted. We wanted a, a lovely event and we valued the event but we also knew that we didn't want to spend, you know, a crazy, crazy amount yep. on a, you know, a six-hour event. Exactly. All right. The sixth quality for us, of, of, and two more left, is we celebrated with abandonment. Uh, this, this was again not simply a weekend event. It was nine months of preparation. It was, or, or even nine months of preparation. It was a lifetime of labor in preparing faith, you know, for the birthing of her and now her new family. So we celebrated with passion, we danced, we joined Jesus who created 150 bottles of the best wine at a wedding. There was music, dancing, wine, lots of joy. Uh, and there really was a, a tremendous abandoned celebration uh, after the vows were said in that service. and. It yes. Was, it yeah. was... And that's what it was about, right? It was really about the vows and their community. And they both brought together an amazing community, their community from Australia and their community from here in the States. And since we had sort of been together for five days, yeah. we were quite already knit together by the time this ceremony and reception took place. So there was a lot of abandonment, you know, uh, to celebration and um, it, yeah, I mean, it's all, it was all about celebrating yeah. and giving them a launch for all the highs and lows that yeah. they're going to have ahead of them in, in family life. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, uh, we made adjustments for our own self-care when it was all over. Uh, we made significant adjustments for our self-care when it was all over. Yes, because we didn't... Uh, I didn't. We didn't have the same level of drain, emotional drain or physical drain that we had with our first daughter's yeah. wedding. And I was again, hindsight is always better than foresight. I can see now that I went way beyond my <laughs> limits, which I'm not. I'm not proud of. Um, certainly, there are some things I would do over in terms of you know, delegating better, uh, but. Regardless, we we are again because we're aware of, we're pretty aware of our bodies, mm-hmm. and so we yeah we did make the adjustments, and I'm so glad we did. I mean, we did two getaways, which were so life giving for me. 
and for oh, me, nice. and for me, I it took a, it took us by surprise when it was over how tired we were emotionally when they left their honeymoon and uh, we only had a week remaining of vacation. I kept saying point. to Pete, "We need a honeymoon." <laughs> <laughs> not not in the sense that you know we needed to connect. We were pretty we were really stayed well connected, but we just like honeymoons. You know, you think of being pampered. We needed a honeymoon to be pampered, so we we took we a took four, we took a forty eight hour. Two days after the wedding, we went on a spontaneous 48-hour honeymoon and then realized five days later still needed something else. And then we did another week, five days. Yeah. It was fabulous. And so and here we are. We're back you know, to work, but we don't feel drained. We're, no. We feel like we're in a good place. Mm -hmm. But I think if we had come back, honey, a week ago, I don't think it would have been – I think we'd be on this podcast resentful, <laughs> okay? So – that was really that seventh quality was really important. Just monitoring our own self self care. So, uh, I, I think in, in summary, listen, everybody. Uh, you, in conclusion, you want to make sure that you yourself are equipped with good skills uh, in terms of the emotionally healthy skills that are part of the, the discipleship course. They're, they're life and death when you get to this level of application and stress. And uh, because weddings, just like birthdays, just like funerals, these major life events uh, are high-level application of our discipleship. They've got lots of complexity to them. And so I want to encourage you, again, to check out the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship course, in uh, particular part two, which is on relationships. Uh, that stuff needs to be mastered uh, in your life so you can help others walk it through as well. So again, go to emotionallyhealthy.org slash launch. Find out more about that. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be with you. Jerry, honey, thank you for being here on the podcast with me. Yes, thank you. It was a delight. And uh, I hope someday you will launch that Emotionally Healthy Woman podcast. <laughs> someday. Someday. So God bless everybody. Have a great day. It's been a joy to be with you. Take care. Bye-bye.